How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Nothing. It was on the house. <laughs> I'm back. Did you miss me? I sure missed you. Welcome to the last episode of the year for Starting Sustainability, hosted by yours truly, Kaylin Chenoweth. Well, 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 a lot has been going on <laughs> since the last time we've talked. This is going to be mostly a catch-up episode because there is so much to update you on. I last recorded a few days before Halloween, and the very next day, I lost my ability to walk. My whole left hip and lower back were completely out of alignment. My worst fear of not being able to walk and carry my kids came true. I was on crutches for the last two weeks of my pregnancy because I couldn't even put weight on my left leg. It was so bad. The due date was 11-11-22 and an induction was scheduled for 11-12 and this baby was induced <laughs> on 11-12 which ended up being opening day for gun season here in Indiana. So the first kid came on Father's Day. The second kid came right around Easter. It was a little bit after Easter but in the Easter-ish season and this baby came on opening day. Her name, yes, it's a girl. Her name is Hazley Rain. I have always loved the name Hazel. I've had it picked out on my list of baby names for like 15 years now. Not even kidding. I have an actual list <laughs> in my phone of boy and girl baby names that has been there for over the last 15 years. And Hazel's one of them. And Channing's great-grandmother's name is Hazel. So it's very easy for us to agree on the name Hazel, with the exception of Channing felt like Hazel was an older generational name, which is true. It is. It is making a comeback, which I pointed out to him, but I still couldn't quite get him on board. We still really want to name our baby after his great-grandmother. She is 100 years old and a tough Texan woman through and through. Her first and middle names are Hazel Lee. So we smashed it together to create Hazley, like Paisley, but with an H. And the middle name Rain has a few special meanings for us. First of all, it hardly ever rains in Texas, maybe seven times a year, at least in the part of Texas where Channing and I first met and started dating, which was in New Braunfels, which is between San Antonio and Austin area. It does not rain very often. So when it did rain, it was quite a special treat for us to go for a walk in the rain or sit on the porch and watch it rain. This was very meaningful to us. Also, Guns N' Roses, which is a band from Lafayette, Indiana, where I'm from <laughs> originally and now we've moved back to, they have a song called November Rain that is very meaningful to me. And Hazley was born in November. Not to mention, Channing and I have been together for 11 years. And our anniversary, our date anniversary, when we first started dating, when we agreed to become one another's significant other, I don't think I said that right, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> when, when we agreed to date each other exclusively, that was on 11, 10, 11, November 11th, 2011. So we've been together for 11 years. We've only been married for five years, but we've been together for 11 years. Either way, the number 11 kept repeating quite a lot. So the way that we spelled out Hazley Rain was so that it equaled 11 letters. After Hazley was born, I continued physical therapy. I was still on crutches 
for another week and then I was able to transition to a cane for another week and then I was able to walk with a limp but I couldn't really carry anything or at least not anything heavy. <laughs> it was to the point where I would have to at that point, two weeks later, Channing was back to work. So now it was just me and all three kids. So I was still running the boys to daycare and preschool and keeping the baby home with me, but I would have to load up the baby's car seat, then go back and get the baby and carry her to the car. <laughs> so it was a lot of work. Here we are now, one month postpartum, and I can finally carry the baby in the car seat at the same time for a short distance, but we are getting there. I just keep doing my exercises and every day I'm getting a little bit stronger. But I will tell you this, it has been quite a rewarding experience to finally be able to carry my own baby and to be able to lift and hold my two-year-old and my four-year-old again. I was not able to do that for the last six to eight weeks. It felt like forever. It's just amazing as a mom to be able to hold and lift up my own kiddos again. In other news, there's a lot of other things to catch up on. The first one is a minivan update. We did finally buy a minivan two weeks after Hazley was born. <laughs> I was using a cane at this point, so it was uh, quite an adventure to go out and about and test drive vehicles. I truly wanted a Honda Odyssey because they're number one in safety features. They retain their value. There's lots of great things that I hear about Honda Odysseys. However, a brand new vehicle is stupid expensive right now. And honestly, we'd never buy brand new anyways because it's an investment that just depreciates. Therefore, we were looking for used minivans. We were looking for hybrids, but those are basically non-existent in our areas. We've been looking for the past three months for a hybrid. That's why we hadn't bought one before the baby came. We were still looking, trying to find one, but now the baby's here, Channing returned to work, and I'm at the point where I have to transport all three kids, and I really needed a minivan in order to do so. Anyways... Could not find a hybrid minivan within a two hour radius. After a lot of searching and a lot of test driving, we ended up with a Chrysler Pacifica Limited, which is not a Honda at all. <laughs> and it's not a hybrid either. <laughs> to be honest, I was pretty against it at first because I really truly had my eyes set on a Honda, at least a Honda. I really wanted the hybrid. I gave up on the hybrid dream because we just couldn't find them. Then I was just trying to go for a Honda. But in the end of the minivans that were available to us, the price for the Chrysler Pacifica was literally half that of the Honda for similar age and similar miles and everything. And this, Chrysler Pacifica Limited has a lot of really cool features that stand out. That's going to make any parent super excited, like a built-in vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Every parent who has ever endured goldfish crackers getting stepped on and smashed into the car carpet just got super excited about that right along with me. <laughs> Plus, there are built-in TVs, which is perfect for very long road trips, push buttons for the passenger seats to fold down on their own and disappear into the floorboards. For someone who has a bad back and hip, the push button is an amazing feature versus having to get a tool to lift up the seat and haul it out of the minivan and store it in the garage for who knows how long so mice can get in it, dust can get all over it. Trying to get that sucker back in and out, just hitting a button and watching it fold down into the floorboards was literally breathtaking. <laughs> So that's how we ended up with a Chrysler Pacifica minivan. Not at all what we wanted, but that's what we got and it's gonna be great. It has no choice, it has to be great. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, little Miss Hazley was born on opening day of gun season. 
Gun season here in Indiana is only two weeks long. That means at this point in time, gun season is over. How did Channing do this year? 11 years we've been together. Did he finally get his deer? Well, kind of, sort of. Let me explain. He did go out and go hunting. He had to wait a few days because we were in the hospital for the first few days and he had to help me because I didn't have legs. So he, he ran around doing everything. Bless Channing. Everybody applaud Channing. <laughs> he was super dad of the year, super husband of the year because he was my legs. He had to do a lot. So I am very, very grateful and thankful for him to step up and be my legs and take care of all three kids while I was literally crippled <laughs> with a newborn. <laughs> so he, he did great. Hats off to Channing. He gets the medal. He did later on go hunting a couple of times. And there was one morning that he went hunting and he was just about done for the day. He was packing up and getting ready to head back into the house. And a big, beautiful doe came right up to him, like was, was walking towards him. So he got his gun ready, lined it up. She went broadside. He took the shot and it hit her in the shoulder. If anybody here is a hunter, that's bad. That's really, really bad. It hit her in the shoulder. It was not a kill shot. Channing was off by just a few inches. You want to hit him just a couple of inches behind the shoulder to get straight to the heart for a merciful killing. And he missed by a couple of inches and she took off. Luckily it had snowed that morning, like early, early morning, like 2, 3 a.m. It was snowing overnight. So it was easy for him to track the blood. Unfortunately, she crossed the property line. Channing got permission from the neighbors around us to go onto their property. He did that before hunting season at all. So he's he's got written permission to do that. That's what you're supposed to do. She went beyond onto the next property and onto the next property. Between Channing and I, we spent the next eight hours until we ran out of daylight calling the property owners around us and getting permission. First, we had to find out who they were. <laughs> So that was a lot of work and research in itself because we don't know every single neighbor. We just know the ones right around us immediately, but we don't really know beyond that. It was a lot of work to find out who they were, call them up, get a hold of them, get their permission, then go onto their property, track it until it crossed into the next property line. So that deer was booking it. We did this all day long until we ran out of sunlight. And then we just, it was very cold and we just prayed and hoped for the best that she went swiftly and wasn't in pain. That's that's all that we could hope for at that point. We, we put in a darn good effort trying to find her. Channing was sick to his stomach the whole day. Didn't eat anything. Didn't have any food the rest of the day. He was so sick to his stomach. He felt so horrible. And he has not been hunting since. Not at all. I do apologize. I just now realized that that was a gruesome story. So for those of you who do not hunt and do not believe in that, I apologize. I should have given you a warning to fast forward through that section. Hopefully you find a little bit of comfort knowing that Channing was, has not returned to hunting at all. Not at all since that day. He has no desire to go hunting again. Moving on to a more positive topic. I want to remind everybody that a year ago, around this time, December, some point in time, Channing took and passed his journeyman's his journeyman electrician exam, which was exciting. Then he has spent the last six to eight months. I don't really know exactly, but around the last six to eight months, he's been taking an inspector's class to become a certified inspector for construction and job sites in the electrical world. He has passed his class, got his certificate, did a little graduation ceremony. Very excited, very proud of him. And Currently, today, as I'm recording, 
he took his master exam. So we will find out. I think it's like a month. I'm not really sure. We'll have to find out in a while. It's going to be a while to find out if he passed. Fingers crossed. Hopefully he did. He's been studying really hard. Hopefully he passed today and he gets his master electrician license. That would be really cool. With all of this progress in his career with these licenses and certificates, Channing was offered a new job in electrical design, which we are super excited about because he would no longer have to get up at 4 a.m., drive an hour to work, work 10 hour days, drive an hour and a half back because at that point in time there's heavy traffic. So now the commute is even longer. <laughs> so we are very, very excited about that. He put in his notice two days ago and his company is now counter offering. Now he has some choices to make. I don't know which job he's going to choose. Personally, I'm leaning towards one more than the other, but I will keep my mouth shut. It's his job. He has to get up and go do it every single day. It's ultimately his decision on how he wants to pursue his career at this point. As for now, we'll just have to wait and see how all of this unfolds and be patient as he makes a decision. Another thing to update on is our geothermal system. On November 7th, which was only a few days before Hazley came into this world, the geothermal equipment was finally installed. So the loop was installed back in September, but we were waiting on the equipment. That's been the big holdup this whole time was waiting on the equipment. We started this process back in May, <laughs> but the equipment was finally delivered and installed on November 7th. But well, that's for half the house. <laughs> Remember there's two furnace AC units. So one of them was dead when we bought the house. The other one is still working and we're hoping to keep using it until it's beyond repair. It's currently 20 years old. So we're hoping to at least get another one to two years out of it. That would be excellent financially for us. <laughs> at that point in time, we will then get the geothermal equipment for the other half of the house. But for now, we do have heat and AC and a significantly reduced electric and gas bill just in time for my reduced income on short-term disability, AKA maternity leave. With the geothermal, we do qualify for $3,500 in rebates from our electric company provider. This may be different from you and where you live. Also, when we file our taxes, we will claim the geothermal equipment and the loop and get a 30% tax credit. That is a federal tax credit. So everyone will qualify, everyone, no matter where you live in the US, will qualify for the 30% tax credit. And that's been implemented for the next 10 years. If you're not able to rush and get geothermal in right away, you got a whole decade to get it in. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So that's a really good chunk of change that we're going to use to help pay off the geothermal system. There were many options on how to pay for the geothermal. And we looked into a whole bunch of different options. And in the end, we decided to gamble on ourselves. This is going to be different for everybody. And the reason I'm sharing this is because if you do go through with geothermal, I want to go through the different financial options that you have. If you follow Dave Ramsey, he says to save up for it first and then buy it outright. The total cost for us was almost $17,000 and we didn't exactly just have that lying around. Therefore, after exploring a lot of different options, we ended up taking out a personal loan from the bank. It was less interest than a credit card. 
We don't have to make a payment for the first 60 days. We did take the loan out on November 4th. Therefore, the first payment is going to be January 3rd. That rebate that I told you about, we'll be receiving that within two weeks after the install. We're going to use that for the first payment. And then our plan is to file tax returns ASAP and use the tax credit to pay off another really good chunk of that. Then we can refinance the personal loan. There's no refinancing fee. With that refinance, we'll have smaller payments and less interest as well. We also plan to aggressively attack the rest of the loan with whatever else we get from the tax return from having kids, which we are fully using to our advantage, as well as any overtime or side hustle income that we can come up with. We hope to have this paid off before the end of the year. Really, we hope to have it paid off within six months, but by the end of the year. That is our game plan. It's going to be different for everybody, but I just wanted to share that with you to help you generate ideas on how you also can do geothermal without being a millionaire. Because of the reduced income while on maternity leave and now added geothermal payments, added minivan payments. Also, we're going to be traveling to Texas for Christmas this year, which is not cheap. <laughs> Channing and I have agreed to try a new concept this Christmas. We are going to do a no-cost Christmas, at least within our family. We still have financial obligations for gift exchanges with our extended families, and that's fine. But for our immediate family, just Channing and I and our kids, we are striving for a no-cost Christmas. That means we have created a list of free things to do to help celebrate the holiday. It's not a very long list. This is a very recent development, so we're still working on it. But so far, we have come up with making Christmas cookies as a family and decorating them. We did this last year, but it was really the kids and I <laughs> and some neighbors. I think Channing was out of town. I don't remember why Channing wasn't able to join, but as an entire family, all of us are going to get together, make cookies and decorate them. An item that I put on my Christmas list, things that I want, is for my car to get cleaned. We bought the minivan. I went ahead and kept the Nissan Rogue because the trade-in value was so low. I thought I might as well just keep it. That way when I have to do long trips, like when I commute for work, instead of racking up miles on the minivan, where I'm not gonna have the kids when I commute down to work, I would just add miles to my car because my car is already paid off and the trade-in value is low. So I might as well rack up miles on that and preserve the value of the minivan as long as possible. But my car is nasty. The last time it was cleaned was two years ago, a thorough, thorough cleaning. So I want a deep cleaning of my car. <laughs> Another item is to play board games together. I bought a new board game almost six months ago and I have yet to play it with Channing. We used to be avid board game players, but now we have little kids who also want to play board games, which is fine. But there is a huge difference with adult board games. And when I say adult, I just mean a board game not for a two-year-old or a four-year-old. It's not adult as in like R-rated adult. Just, just somebody over the age of 12 <laughs> adult with lots of pieces, lots of moving parts, lots of strategy. We have not been able to do that for so long. I really would like to play a grown-up board game with my husband. That's on my list. And also we want to bring back the living room dance lessons. I really want to do that. We, we have not done that for quite some time. I think we did that almost two years ago was the last time that we really got into it. We were doing it regularly. So we want to bring that back. 
We have the package. We have access to it. Channing paid for it. It's a thing on YouTube. So we have access to it. We just haven't done it. So I want to do dancing in the living room to Christmas music, utilizing our living room dance lessons, which are, which are swing dance lessons. Channing is also supposed to be working on a no-cost Christmas list. In his defense, studying for the master electrician exam has been top priority. That is taking place today. Therefore, tomorrow and beyond, he will now have free time to work on putting together a list for me at that point. I am eager to see what he comes up with. I am not saying that everybody has to do a no-cost Christmas. That's just something that we are doing because we are financially tied up right now. For those of you who are going to go shopping, which I'm envious because I really want to go shopping so badly, especially now that I can walk again. I want to go to stores and look at things and touch things and pick them up and try them on, but... <laughs> we're, we're just, money is just tight right now. So anyways, for those of you who are able to go shopping, if you want to get sustainable gifts for your friends and family members, I've put together a list of some of my favorite things. You remember Oprah when she would do her favorite things for a Christmas episode? I'm stealing a page out of her book. So this is Kaylin's favorite sustainable gifts. These are all items that I received as gifts or that I bought for myself. There are many, many items, many more than what's on this list, but the ones on this list are the items that I love the most or got the most use out of or use the most often. These are fantastic gifts. And I hope they help give you ideas on things that you can buy for others this holiday season. So here is Kaylin's favorite must-have items. First up, stasher bags. These replace Ziploc bags and I use them all of the time. I have the silicone ones that have a hard bar that slides on the top sealing it shut. These are perfect, they are leak proof. I can freeze food items in them. If I have a frozen soup or a broth in them, I can place them in a pan of boiling water to thaw them out quickly. These are amazing. There are stasher bags that have the Ziploc baggy type closing top to get them shut. I have found that once these go through the dishwasher, they don't ever Ziploc shut again. Therefore, I like the slider bar version. If you do want the one that has the interlocking Ziploc top, just be careful to not ruin them by putting them through the dishwasher. Those are a hand wash only. The next item is a cutlery kit. That would be fork, knife, spoon, a metal straw, a cloth napkin, all in a little kit. And you can keep it in the car for when you swing through a drive-thru. Throw them in your lunchbox. I also keep one in my work bag as well because I tend to eat lunch at work because I work in food service. <laughs> but that way I don't have to use the cutlery at work. I can use the real, I can use my own real cutlery from my cutlery kit. These are excellent, great gift ideas. You can buy fancy cutlery kits. You can also make your own and they're very simple to make. <laughs> Another car accessory is the collapsible Tupperware for doggy bags when you go out to eat for your leftovers. I just leave them in my car. Whenever I pull up to the restaurant, I grab one and toss it in my purse and bring it inside because I know I'm gonna have leftovers, which is great. 
I got mine last year on Black Friday from Bed Bath & Beyond. If you want to save on some money, get one of your little Bed Bath & Beyond 20% off your entire purchase coupons. Those coupons never expire from Bed Bath & Beyond. They have an expiration date on them, but they always accept them. And you can find those coupons freaking everywhere. They're all over the place. <laughs> so save money that way. I don't remember the brand name, but they did have the collapsible Tupperware. Super excited. They It was a pack of three. So you have a small, medium, and a large, which is perfect. Cloth napkins. I love mine. Absolutely love mine. Not everyone is a fan of more laundry, but I love cloth napkins and absolutely hate paper napkins. Plus folding these is simple enough for a two and four year old to do. Trust me. I know from experience, I have my kids help me fold the cloth napkins. They're super quick, simple. You can make your own. You can buy them. You can find them on clearance for a dollar like I did, or you can get super fancy ones that are press linen, stain resistant, iron, uh, what do you call that? Where you don't have to iron them. Wrinkle free, that's what it is, anti-wrinkle. <laughs> Baby brain, I'm so sleep deprived guys. Nobody has asked, but I am tired. I am super tired. <laughs> so pardon my brain fog, but yes, anti-wrinkle. Those are obviously gonna cost more money. Depending on who you're buying for, you're gonna kind of know their taste and the dollar amount that would be appropriate, but cloth napkins are used all the time in this house. To the point where we went to a friend's house and they pulled out napkins, and I say that with air quotes, they pulled out napkins, which was paper towel that they folded and handed to my kids to use for napkin. And both my kids were like, these are not napkins, and kept correcting them. These are not napkins, these are not napkins. They didn't, they, my kids didn't know what paper napkins were, which I find hysterical and really proud of them at the same time. Another item would be a reusable lunchbox. Most people who are sustainably conscious probably already have a reusable lunchbox, but a bento box, which is a multi-compartment hard Tupperware type item. It's got like three compartments in it. Those are really cool. Also reusable water bottles to go in the lunchbox. Again, if it's a sustainably minded person that you're buying for, they probably already have a reusable water bottle. But if you're buying for somebody who is trying to get into sustainability, this would be a good gift to help ease them into the process. Another item is reusable produce bags. I feel like everyone I know has reusable grocery bags at this point, but reusable produce bags are the next level. And I use mine every time I go grocery shopping and regularly have someone ask me about them and strike up a conversation and brag about my awesome reusable produce bags. A small area of sustainability that I have explored and got into, got, got into, gotten into, whichever the proper one is, foraging. There are foraging books and the best ones that I have found are by Samuel Thayer. That's T-H-A-Y-E-R, Thayer. Samuel Thayer, he has three foraging books that cover the whole United States and different plants that you can get. If you're trying to become self-sufficient, I find it very useful to know about plants that grow all around you. And if you're not good at gardening or are trying to learn how to garden <laughs> or ever in a survival situation, knowing about the plants around you is extremely valuable. Another item I use all of the time, every single day, is the Norwex Microfiber Cleaning Wipes. This is not an ad for Norwex. I'm not getting paid any money for this, but I love their products. <laughs> I have Norwex cloths for the kitchen, face cloths, body cloths. These may not be a fun gift, but I definitely use these every single day. In the kitchen, in the shower, every single day reusable makeup removers. 
I made these myself from scrap fabric and an old towel. And these are way better than those little cotton rounds that you use to get the eye makeup off. They leave lint all up in your eyelashes. So these reusable makeup wipes are fantastic and way more fun because I made them myself. So I used scrap fabric. I have Betty Boop ones. I have some with alligators on them, bumblebees and ladybug fabrics. You can easily make these yourself using whatever fabric design you want, or you can purchase them online or from a store or a craft person, whatever. I also think it's a really cool idea to gift a raised garden bed that can be expensive, but maybe a garden starter kit like seeds and a trowel or a gardening book. This can be pricey or you can build and assemble it yourself, making the costs go down. So it's up to you. There's a lot of flexibility here. The garden starting kit would obviously be cheaper versus a raised bed that's pre-made. That's going to be a lot more expensive. But gardening is an excellent, excellent skill to have <laughs> when you're trying to be sustainable. For the techie gadget person that you're shopping for, smart home technology gadgets like the smart thermostat, smart light switches, smart outlet, these all help regulate electricity and are energy efficient and help lower your electric bill every month. Another great item is a sewing machine. Sewing is a skill that can help you save tons of money and be super sustainable at the same time. If you are gifting a sewing machine, I do recommend either taking the time to teach the receiver how to sew or gift them classes to go with the machine. Joanne Fabric, Michaels, Hobby Lobby, they're all craft stores here in the U.S. that offer free sewing classes. The receiver doesn't have to be a master in sewing. Just learning the basics to fix items is a great starting point with a huge impact. This will help keep items in your home lasting longer and stopping them from going to the landfill. Or if an item is beyond repair, you can now turn it into something new and useful. For example, if you have a towel that has a hole in it or my dog Ruger ate it <laughs> or bleach spilled on it and put a stain on it, you can now cut it up and turn it into the face wipes or you can turn it into reusable toilet paper, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> for those of you who's been listening for a while, you know this past summer I got heavily into canning. Canning and canning supplies would be a fantastic Christmas gift. Once a garden is established, it is time to learn how to preserve your food. And that is where canning comes in. There's water bath canning, which is an easy beginner step. For the more advanced person would come pressure canning. But for now, if you have a person who's beginning, just start with a water bath canner. And I also recommend canning books. And I recommend books by Diane Devereaux. Devereaux is French, so it is spelled D-E-V-E-R-E-A-U-X, Devereaux. That's quite a lot. But you can also search The Canning Diva and it will pull her up <laughs> because The Canning Diva is a lot easier to remember and spell. <laughs> but she has books that are great recipes, tips, and inspiration. They're phenomenal. Darn tough socks, lifetime guarantee. These are expensive in terms of that it can be about 12 to $20 for one pair of the socks. But as soon as mine are clean, I grab them and wear them again. I love the mine and I wear them every single week, which is way more than my prom dress hanging in the closet from 18 years ago. I spent money on that and only wore it once. <laughs> so it's all about perspective. <laughs> You know what I discovered? I did laundry today and folded up my husband's socks and underwear. That was the load that I washed. And he had one pair of darn tough socks. 
I've never seen them before. These are new. He bought these socks and didn't even tell me that he bought them because I have them and I brag about them. And he made fun of me because of how expensive they were. And then he turned around and bought a pair. So I'm I'm so proud of him. And I think it's kind of funny that he didn't tell me about it, but I discovered it. <laughs> I talked about the makeup, the, the reusable makeup removers earlier. Ooh, I'm getting tongue-tied now. I talked about those earlier and I want to go back to health and beauty and bathroom stuff, shampoo and conditioner bars. Those are great. I recommend Sweet and Sassy brand. That's my favorite. I tried three different brands. Sweet and Sassy is my favorite. That's the one to go. They last a really long time. The fragrance options are divine and the fragrance lasts for the entirety of the bar. Unlike many other soap bars whose fragrance wears off after about a week or two. <laughs> Also in health and beauty, my number one top pick, absolute favorite sustainable gift item I've ever, I was going to say received, but actually I purchased this for myself. <laughs> I bought it for myself two years ago on Black Friday and I love it so much. What is it? The Leaf Razor. Hashtag not an ad. <laughs> not getting paid for this. Wasn't able to get anybody discount codes. If you're going to buy it, try to get it on Black Friday, which I understand has already passed. But the Leaf Razor is wonderful. I tried other stainless steel razors, did not like any of them. This is the one to get. It is pricey. It is pricey, but it works and it's phenomenal. That is my list of tangible physical gifts that are sustainable and eco-friendly. However, I do also want to mention that gifts of experiences and things that help make memories are also one, very sustainable, and two, they mean a lot more versus having more stuff. Even though I just went through a long list of stuff that I really like that's sustainable and eco-friendly, I am truly much more excited to receive gifts of experiences or classes or memberships, things that aren't, things that aren't things, things that aren't stuff, <laughs> things that aren't tangible gifts. I'm not saying this very well, but examples include concert tickets or sporting tickets, movie passes, going to an escape room, going to a symphony orchestra, going bowling, going rock climbing. These items would be really, really cool. If you want to do classes for somebody, cooking classes, dance classes, music classes, painting classes, all these are excellent. Also, gifting somebody your time, for example, to babysit. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Always looking for babysitters over here. <laughs> I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. It said, if you're shopping for me for Christmas, my size is a Saturday night babysitter. Because <laughs> that's really what I want. Babysitting. Another one would be a house cleaner. If you want to come over here and clean my house, yeah, I will take that because I've looked into maid service and it is expensive as heck. <laughs> You can come and organize my closet, wash my car. That's what I have on my list for Channing. A massage. Oh, I need to put that on the list for Channing, actually. <laughs> Mowing my yard, changing my oil. All of these count as gifts of time. Oh, another great gift to help make memories that isn't a thing or a stuff would be memberships. You can gift somebody a membership to the local children museum or the zoo, a theme park, trampoline parks if you've got older kids, 
museums like art museums, the science museum, national parks to get a national park membership for a year. That is really cool. Or a state park. Maybe state park is better, I should say, because national park is if you're traveling all over the place. But a state park, there's a lot of state parks and you can go explore those. These are all wonderful, wonderful ideas. I hope all of these tips for holiday gift ideas are inspirational for you and help you with your last minute shopping. There is still time. You can do it. As I mentioned earlier, our family will be traveling to Texas this year for Christmas and will return after the new year. I want to enjoy our time with family, traveling across the country, and then I will return to work and podcasting in January. Before I leave for another extended break, I want to share with you what you can do with your leftover Christmas tree. If you have an artificial tree, box it up and use it again next year. <laughs> if you have a live tree, well I guess it's dead, but a real tree, there are many options to keep it out of the landfill. So this is just a real quick list to keep it out of the landfill. If you live near a beach, ocean, or lake, you can check your area for programs who will take your trees to help fight coastal erosion. Another option is rebuilding sand dunes. There are several states, including Texas, New Jersey, North Carolina, and Michigan, who will take your leftover Christmas trees and use them to shore up the sand dunes to help stop them from eroding as well. Your third option is to restore habitats. Fallen trees are placed in waterways or on public lands to create shelter for wildlife. Programs exist in Oregon, California, Kentucky, and Indiana. Number four is to feed goats. Petting zoos, farms, and goat grazing programs will accept Christmas trees to feed their herds. Check your local area, and you also could probably check your local farmers as well. And the last one is to mulch them. This is one of the most popular tree recycling programs. Many cities offer curbside pickup or drop-offs, and the trees are sent through a wood chipper and used in local parks and playgrounds as mulch. That is all for today's episode, which means it is now time for your challenge. I want you to plan your 2023 bucket list. This is a list of things that you want to accomplish in the year of 2023. I like bucket lists because you have the whole year to accomplish them. And a bonus challenge if you want is to add a sustainably related goal to your 2023 bucket list. The next episode will be January 16th. That's right, January 16th. Like I said earlier, we are traveling to Texas for Christmas, spending time with my in-laws. Then we're gonna come back and I will be off of maternity leave, back at work, and I'm gonna have a whole new routine to figure out and wanted to give myself time to get a work-life balance and podcast balance all figured out. Therefore, I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. And I will see you all again on January 16th. Bye.